This episode of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash battlefrontpodcast to support our show. The Battlefront Podcast is also brought to you by Star Wars Uplink, Tiny Sheep Entertainment's new podcast hosted by Sage Goodwin and Jared Bilby, covering everything Star Wars gaming, past, present, and future. Search Star Wars Uplink on your favorite podcast app and look for the tie-dye. In your personal shield and get your trait level to three because it's time for the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Welcome to episode 92 of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. I'm your host, Sage Goodwin, joined by my brother and co-host, Sam Goodwin. Hello. In this episode, we'll be going over Battlefront. Well, uh, this episode will be going over the Battlefront 2 Behind the Story D23 video. We'll be going over Inferno Squad and a lot of news. Let's get started. As you can tell from our activity recently on the podcast feed. There hasn't been any. There hasn't been any. The reason behind that is because lightning struck our DSL line, went through the router, and then our computer was hooked up to the router through Ethernet, and the lightning went through the Ethernet into our computer. In English, the lightning zapped our computer. Yes, in English, lightning zapped our computer. So that's why it's been like 20 days or something like that. It's felt much longer than it actually has been. Um, But now we have a new computer. We got a 2016 MacBook Pro, so we can do editing wherever we want to. So that should mean more consistent uploads and more content. I am very excited about that. But this episode, we'll be going over the news that we missed uh, over those 20 days. And let's get started with the Battlefront 2 behind the scenes D23 video. I've always been a fan of the dark side. The idea of the Imperial perspective is you never really understand who they are as people, right? How the organization works. How can we distill that and how can we make a story around that? The story of Battlefront 2 is absolutely an essential story. What happened after Return of the Jedi? What happened to the galaxy? What happened to the Empire without an Emperor? What it might feel like to be in this galaxy as it starts to break apart. What's really exciting about this story is that we're going to see it from the point of view of a character like Aiden. So we're going to see it from this Imperial point of view. Inferno Squad is a black ops team that most people don't even know exist. We weren't expecting special forces. We happen to be on Endor when the second Death Star explodes. Aiden is presented with an extreme challenge, the destruction of the Death Star 2 and the death of the Emperor. What sort of choices would somebody in that situation have to make about who they are? and what the galaxy was going to become. And it's interesting, does that mean, now that the Empire's fallen, that they're the underdogs? 
Aiden is a tried and true and through and through Imperial. She's somebody who grew up on a planet called Vardos. She was very quickly put into a military camp for children. She has spent her whole life building up to this moment to be commander of Inferno Squad. Moff Raiders informed the Admiral that Operation Syndicate proceed as planned. Hask is the most zealous of them all, I would say. He's the most interested and invested in how far the Empire is willing to go. He was an orphan, so he needed something to latch onto. Empire is peace and justice and order. Even when people are faltering around him, he pushes forward and says, no, the Empire is the way. I'm picking up distress calls, too many to count. Dell has seen more of the galaxy than most people in the Empire. He actually grew up on Coruscant during the time of the Jedi. He brings a lot of humor. Him and Aiden have a bit of a banter, have a bit of a laugh. <laughs> Family is a really important element in Star Wars, and one of the things that we wanted to make sure we captured is the dynamic between Garrick Versio and his daughter Aiden Versio. This is the catalyst for Aiden, where she learns the future of the Empire, and she's elevated to a point by her father. Your next assignments, they are... Unusual. She's my daughter. She's all I have. I do need for her to understand why I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. Everything in Star Wars is connected, and part of our job is to make sure that the games we're making do connect back into that larger universe. But we're now able to use this game in Battlefront 2 as a resource to take this information into future development projects. Them. I think all those gamers out there are gonna just love it. This is the culmination of all of the things that are good in the world. <laughs> Video games, Star Wars, and a team of people that are willing to take the time to do the work. We have to take risks, we have to be bold, we have to push everyone's boundaries and leave a good footprint behind. Okay, Sam. I've always been a fan of the dark side. <laughs> okay, Sam, what did you think? I think it was a boring trailer. You thought it was boring? No, it was pretty intriguing. I didn't like Quentin Lance being in the game from the beginning. Why? I think he's going to do good. I also don't like the ugliness of the characters. But all in all, it, it was a good trailer. I like the parts that actually had gameplay that we haven't seen before. Okay, so let's kind of uh, break this down. Yeah. Let's break it down with a hammer. My microphone is adjusted, and now okay, I'm using it. over the beginning. Okay, let's break this down a bit. It starts out, we see a uh, huge cruiser. Um, I, it's a rebellion cruiser ship with X-wings around it, and we also see some Tantive four action action then we see an epic space battle it starts out in the space we see in the space the space we see it in the space um the rebellion ship is fighting an imperial star destroyer and then we switch into an inside view where stormtroopers are going and trying to get or getting into uh, tie fighters including item versio 
Get a first person's perspective in the gameplay. Find out the dark side. The dark side. We also see the uh, Corvus ship, which is their. It's a smaller version of a Star Destroyer, specifically designed. That's probably right here? Yeah, that's probably right there. Looks very uh, similar to Kylo's ship. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Kylo Ren's ship, it looks. Look at that. Yeah, look it up because the it's Corvus kind of looks a lot like that. Yeah, but it's it's basically a smaller star destroyer, like much smaller star destroyer. Uh, it's about maybe five or six Tie Fighters wide, and then like twelve to fifteen Tie Fighters long. So mm. it gives you perspective. Imperial perspective. But how big is a Tie Fighter? Really understand who they are as people. Then we see a shot from Rogue One. We see uh, someone working. We, this is basically a behind-the-scenes video. That's why it's called behind-the-scenes. It's called behind the story. Okay. The story of Battlefront. See, it's right there. Is absolutely an essential story. What happened after Return of the Jedi? What happened uh, to the galaxy? What happened? Uh, so, okay. So, if you don't, if you didn't know, the campaign for Battlefront Two starts after the second Death Star has been destroyed and then it's going to span up until the force awakens we're going to span that 30 year gap and what's been going on the empire without an emperor what it might feel like to be in this galaxy as it starts to break apart break apart what's really exciting about this story is that we're going to see it oh yeah and we also see some amazing gameplay of pre-alpha software pre-alpha software of item versio or one of the um one of the team members of Inferno Squad. No, it doesn't because... Because she's got her little toy droid. Gideon and Del... Del made the droid. Yeah. Okay. But still, you play as Aiden. She's the main character. Yeah, okay. So we see Aiden or another member of the Inferno Squad going down a hallway in what looks like... The Tantafor. The Tantafor. And we see a a rebel banging on the door, kind of uh, Rogue One-esque. Trying to get away from the droid. Yes. Uh Yeah. Little shocky droid. And just seeing this gameplay got me so pumped for, even more pumped for the campaign. Uh, what do you think, Sam? Yeah. It also shows, like, how the uh, the star card system works in uh, the campaign rather than multiplayer, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's very similar. So we see she has a, one of her abilities is to deploy a droid. Yes. To use that droid to shock. And her middle star card seems to have something that resembles a thermal imploder. It looks like a thermal imploder. So the crap thing about her abilities are the two of them are based around the droid. So that's a that's a thermal impl- that's a thermal detonator and that's a thermal oh, imploder. Looks like a droid. So she has a thermal detonator, a thermal imploder, and her droid that's always there. Correct. Yeah, it seems to be. Point of view of a character like Ida. So we're going to see it from this imperial point of view. Squad is a black ops team that most people don't even know exist. We weren't expecting special forces. We happen to be on Endor when the second Death Star explodes. Aiden is presented with an extreme challenge, the destruction of the Death Star 2 and the death of the Emperor. What sort of choice? I want to say something. Okay, say something. Why is she so, is she so shocked at the second explosion when she was there for the first explosion? It should be like, oh, yeah, no biggie. It's already blown up once. Because they think, oh, it's already been destroyed one time. How can the Rebel Alliance destroy another Death Star? She shouldn't be so shocked. I agree. 
somebody in that situation has to make about who they are. We get a shot of Endor with a rebel. It's a concept art of Endor with a, it looks to be like an Imperial or a rebel base destroyed. And what the galaxy was going with to become. the force on fire. Does that mean now that the Empire has fallen that they're the underdogs? Aiden is a tried and true and through and through Imperial. She's somebody who grew up on a planet called Vardos. She was very quickly put into a military camp for children. Fire. Also, we get a shot of Coruscant. That that looks like Coruscant, does it not? It does resemble Coruscant. We get an it we get a Coruscant. Pretty good. He s- says section. Coruscant. Yeah. So Coruscant is going to be in the game. Coruscant, I have no why why has nobody been covering this? Coruscant looks to be in Battlefront 2. I am so excited for that. At least in the campaign. Yeah, it's most likely it'll be in the game. Cause why not use a Yeah, they've already got the assets made, why not use it in the multiplayer? And obviously Coruscant is the uh the base of Palpatine. It is now an Imperial converted city. Yes. After he, he uh, took, Palpatine took over the Senate after he absorbed the Senate in his body. Yeah, <laughs> you became the Senate. He, he is the Senate, Sam. I am a Senate. He brings a lot of humor. Him and Iden have a bit of a banter, have a bit of a laugh. <laughs> Family is a really important element. We also get a, a concept, a piece of concept art. Looks to be. I think it's the new planet that they showcased in the little snippet of behind-the-scenes footage um, that was shown to uh, the media for, when was that? For like a a maker, a Game Changers thing. But that's about it for the details. We get some more details on like how they made the game, uh, a little behind-the-scenes stuff. I really, I really enjoyed that video. What about you, Sam? I did enjoy the video. And I've, I've, why isn't anyone covering the fact that Coruscant was in that video? Coruscant, that's like my number one planet I want in Battlefront 2. City, the city kind of landscape would be amazing to fight through. I would love to, if we were like inside one of the temples maybe, or like inside some of the buildings, or like on the ground level, way deep into the underbelly of Coruscant. That would be so cool. Let's talk about Inferno Squad. The prequel book to Star Wars Battlefront 2's campaign. campaign. Written by Christy Golden, one of Sam's favorite Star Wars authors. Yes. He is a big fan of Christy Golden. By the one book I've read of hers. Yes. <laughs> So I was like, yes, I'm glad that Christy Golden is there, is writing. So, hey, if Christy's listening to the podcast, I'm a huge fan. Yes, Sam is a huge fan of Christy Golden, as am I. I didn't read Dark Disciple, but I really, really like Inferno Squad. I think it's one of the best Star Wars books. What about you, Sam? I haven't finished it yet, but what I, what's so far, I, I'm liking it. Yeah, so Sam's read 80 pages. I've read the whole thing. We won't be getting into spoilers in this episode. That may follow up, maybe do like a little spinoff, all spoilers or whatever. But let's 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 read to the first page of Inferno Squad. Let us. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. He's got goosebumps. <laughs> 
Star Wars Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad. Chapter 1. The firm control of one's emotions was an unspoken criterion for those who would serve the Empire. One did not gloat, or cheer, or weep, or rage, although cold fury was, upon occasion, deemed an appropriate reaction to particular circumstances. Senior Lieutenant Iden Versio had been familiar with this stipulation since she was old enough to understand the concept. Even so, now, at this hour of the Empire's unequivocal and absolute triumph, the young woman raced across the gleaming black surface of the Death Star's corridors with her helmet cradle in one arm, trying and failing to smother a grin. Today, of all days, why shouldn't she smile? At least, when no one's watching. When her orders had come to serve on the space station, which a scant few hours ago had been re had reduced an entire planet into rocky chunks of glorious rebel rubble, Aiden had endured resentful, sidelong glances, followed by murmurs pitched exactly too softly for her to catch. But Aiden didn't need to hear the words. She knew what the others were saying about her. It was nothing more than a variant on what had always been said about her. She's too young for the pos for this position. She couldn't have earned it on her own. She got it because of her father. The self-righteous mutterers would have been startled to discover the, the degree to which their assumptions were wrong. Inspector General Garrick Versio might well be one of the highest-ranking members of the powerful and secretive Imperial Security Bureau, but Aiden had gotten nothing out of the joyless task of being his daughter. Inspector General Garrick Versio might well be one of the highest-ranking members of the powerful and secretive Imperial Security Bureau, but Aiden had gotten nothing out of the joyless task of being his daughter. Every honor, every grade, every opportunity she had, she'd fought for and obtained despite him. She'd been primed for the military academy while barely more than a child, studying at the future Imperial Leader's Military Preparatory School of her homeworld on Vardos, located in the Janata system, where she had literally been bloodied. There and afterward at the Imperial Academy on Coruscant, Aiden had graduated top of her class with honors, all that felt like a mere prelude to this moment. For the last several months, Aiden had been a part of a small elite TIE fighter unit aboard what was arguably the pinnacle of Imperial design, the massive space station known as the Death Star, and she was rather unprofessionally excited. Even as she tried to rein in her enthusiasm, she could sense that the others hastening to their own TIE fighter shared it. They betrayed themselves with the surging tattoo of booted falls, their upright positions, even the brightness in their eyes. It wasn't new, this happy tension. Aiden had seen it bubbling under the surface after the first test of the station's capabilities, when the Death Star super laser had targeted and obliterated Jeddah City. The Empire had landed a one-two punch in a handful of seconds. It had destroyed not only the rebel terrorist Saw Gerrera and his group of extremists known as the Partisans, but also the ancient temple of Kyber, held sacred by those who secretly hoped for the return of the disgraced and defeated Jedi. Jedi City, uh, Jedi City represented the first real demonstration of the of the station's power, but the but that fact was known only to those who served on the Death Star. It's pretty epic. It's a pretty epic start, don't you think? Yes. And Alderaan, you will not be forgotten. Okay, Sam, you've read 80 pages. I've read the whole thing. What are, what are your thoughts on the first 80 pages? 79 pages, actually. Okay. <laughs> you lied to me. I've enjoyed the book. It started out kind of, kind of jumpy for me. Like it would jump from view to view without really any warning. It's my only critique. Other than that, I've really enjoyed the book. It's got a cool build up 
to the actual missions that I like. Yeah. I would suggest reading it. Okay, we'll get to that a little bit later. But I thought, okay, so it took me a while. It took me around 50 pages to actually get involved, invested in the story and everything. But once I did, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a very good prequel to a campaign yet to be seen because it does not spoil anything. I want to get this clear. Reading Star Wars Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad will not spoil you at all. A lot of people saying that there are some people that are won't read it just because they won't read it until they play the campaign though be honest with yourself a lot of people won't do that but it's good you get a good introduction to the characters instead of oh, what i hope they do is they leave this as the introduction and we get to see the fully oiled machine we don't get too many introductions to the characters like okay yeah this person's gideon Hask, this person's Del Mico, this person's Iden Versio. If you are going, if you're planning to play the, the Battlefront Two campaign, I would strongly recommend that you read this book. It kind of gets, it goes through the the start of Inferno Squad. It gets everyone collected, and also it explores the de- It's it's set way way before the actual campaign is. The camp the the book takes place. At the destruction and following the destruction of the first Death Star, which Sam was alluding to earlier, your thought that why should she be shocked that the second Death Star was destroyed when she witnessed the first Death Star being destroyed? Why do you think that is? That she's shocked? Yeah. Well, they made that uh, first trailer without the, uh, the book being made. That could be part of it. They had this in mind the whole time, though. I know. That could be a part of it, but... I think it's mainly because that she saw the first Death Star destroyed, so why would the Empire make the same mistake of adding something that (laughs) would cause the second Death Star to be destroyed? True. So overall thoughts, I think it starts out slow, but it's definitely worth the read. Once you get past, and once you get involved with the characters, it is an epic story. I would strongly recommend reading this, especially if you're going to play the campaign. I think it's vital for you to read this if you play the campaign because it gives you like, okay, so things will be mentioned in Star Wars Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad that will be mentioned in the campaign in some way. And you're going to be like, oh, I know what happened there. Yeah, maybe some past missions they talk about. Yeah. Like uh, maybe an inside joke. Remember back on that planet? Yeah, exactly. Like just like uh, Princess Leia does... In Force Awakens, don't don't do that. And when have you ever helped? And don't say the Death Star that like that. Something or something along those lines. Okay, now let's get into some of the news that we missed. Um, so, Dennis Brenvel, lead multi- No, he's now the associate design director. Yeah, the associate design director. He was previously previously the lead multiplayer designer yeah and then after that he was is that a promotion lead designer and now he's associate design director okay yeah he's definitely climbed up the ranks yes he has so he went to reddit and um and the developers are very active on reddit nowadays which is really cool because the forums are dead i'm sorry to everyone who goes on the forums but it's it's pretty much dead um, it's not one of those places that you go into to have like really co- uh, good conversations because it's so hard to follow. I tried going on the forum several times, but 
I've always been like, okay, this is not my kind of, uh, not my kind of thing. But he went to the Reddit and was talking in response to a Reddit user um, suggesting the team was holding back content. Oh my gosh. And that, that's, the, that's the nice way to say it. They're probably like, why aren't you using this, blah, blah, blah. I hate you. Dice sucks or something like that. You're really asking that they're holding back when they're adding prequel era content on top of why original aren't you happy? trilogy and sequel trilogy content? Yeah, exactly. Like... Did you play the first Battlefront? They aren't holding... They were holding back... It seemed like they were holding back content. But this game... This game is testing the limits of the PlayStation. Yeah. How can they be holding back? If anything, the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One are holding back power that they need. Yeah. They're holding them back. Okay. So, he says, quote, This is the biggest game most of us have ever worked on. It's tricky to balance because the galaxy is too big to fit into one game to the quality that we want to hit. We're actually running out of disk space for the box copies. That's a Blu-ray disc that can hold 50 gigabytes. Yeah, and it's reaching that. So they they aren't holding back content. They have to make the decision because the discs, which people buy. A lot of people. A lot of people buy the disc copy. But eventually it has limits. Eventually they'll convert completely to digital, you know, because they need a new format, really. Yeah. Um, because 50 gigabytes. Yeah, look at this. Any any game that's good is well over the 50 gigabyte I mean, game now. It's evolved from Mario, which was megabits, mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, PlayStation 2 games. Actually started in kilobits and then megabits. Megabits, then gigabytes. And now it's reaching so far that. I but, say maybe in ten years we'll be de- we'll be downloading games in terabytes. Yeah, you'll have to to make these games look that beautiful and have that much immersion. Yeah, it, it has a lot of gigabytes. Look at those gigabytes! It's over nine thousand. <laughs> okay, so Battlefront's for uh, the first Battlefront was around nineteen gigabytes on Xbox One, and then twenty three gigabytes on the PlayStation Four. Now it's around 50 gigabytes on the PlayStation 4, give or take a few. Um, I don't know the actual number on the Xbox one, but it's around that number. I'd say maybe 45 gigabytes, somewhere around there. So at the end of the life of Battlefront 2015, we had around, we have around 50 gigabytes. This game is starting out at 50 gigabytes. So they have to make, they have to make sure that they use, uh, this the right heroes the right maps and that kind of stuff to best use the space that they have available like one of one of the things that like my argument against physical copies is <laughs> when you buy the game you're going to install it but you're you're already going to download the game you have to download the game so if, whether that be in uh, updates or whatever you will have more of the game content on your hard drive of your PlayStation than is actually on the disc. So th- that's my argument. So why not just go ahead and downloading on your disc already? But the other argument is that digital games aren't going to be collectible. Yeah, and also you can't sell them after you play it. <laughs> so if you're just buying it for the campaign to get that Star Wars experience and then you're going to sell it, you can't do that if you have digital. Plus people um, don't have access to internet. Yeah, some people don't have access or very limited. Um, so, yeah, those are some of the reasons. Uh, Dennis Brandeville further 
replied with quote prioritizing what we work on for launch and what things we look at for later is very tricky should we base it off amount of movies made the oldest the hottest era right now the best movie based on reviews or should we just ask reddit and hope they represent the remaining 99.9 percent of people who want to pick up the game the strategy that made the most sense was to base the sequel of the first game Sequel on the first game, meaning anchored in the original trilogy and the DLCs that not everyone's got to play, but move in equal pace both backwards and forwards in the timeline from there. Post-launch, we'll let the community as a whole decide where we go. Obviously, we're likely to run out of things to add from the new movies quicker than the prequels, but every time a new Star Wars movie comes out, a lot of people seem to want to play characters and locations from it. So a healthy balance might be the way to go there, too. Yeah, that is a problem. Yeah. Having a movie come out every year and everyone just expecting them to have content from that. Yeah. So if the game's still alive in um, 2019, which I think it may be because if, if if they go against my views and my expectations, the Han Solo movie will come out in May, which is some of the around the time that DLCs kept on coming out. I strongly believe that they won't make it there because they already switched directors. They're reworking the script and all that kind of stuff. Or not the script, the the, the shots and everything. Uh, some more news that we got was EA expects Battlefront 2 to hit 14 million unit sales. Battlefront, 1, uh, Battlefront 2015 actually hit 13 million, so they're going above that. And I think they could do it, especially since they're reaching the crowd. Like, I've been listening to Star Wars podcasts, and they've started covering Battlefront 2 now because of that uh, canon campaign. They have to. Yeah. And I'm always like, get off my lawn, Star Wars podcast. We're the Star Wars Battlefront podcast. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Also, the uh, CFO, Andrew Wilson, uh, says they're very happy with the process on the game and the single player campaign is resonating really well with the community as well as the depth and breadth expansion of the multiplayer. Do you think they'll actually hit 14 million unit cells? I believe so. Because I've been talking to people. There are a lot of people really psyched about this. And then there are a lot of people that were like, I wasted my money, but then still sold the game. They're not getting my money anymore when they would be missing out on an amazing new game. So, yeah, but those people that are missing out are going to hear how good it is from people that did buy the game. And and then they're 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 probably going to buy it. Yeah. So I think it's definitely possible. Also, Gamescom, uh, the EA's Gamescom event will uh, be planned for August 21st. And that is um, a Monday at 6.30 p.m. Uh, Central, okay, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and then 9.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay, let's see here. Additionally, EA, EA will host nearly 400 gameplay stations at Gamescom. My gosh. So if you're around the Germany area, I would definitely, definitely recommend going there. Okay. Also, they've been doing the EA Twitter account has been going on and talking about all of the classes recently, and it's been really good. So we're going to go through all of the different posts that they've made on the cl- on the classes. Okay, a long range is on the specialist striking from hiding 
Striking from hiding, specialists rely on stealth and position to finish foes before they ever see a threat coming. Each class can equip star cards to modify and enhance their combat abilities. A few examples of the abilities star cards for the uh, the uh, a few example of the ability star cards for the specialist classes are trip mine, a basic anti-personnel mine with a laser trip mine, a tripwire. Detonates when an enemy soldier crosses the tripwire. Infiltration replenish. Reveal all enemy enemies on your scanner. Scramble enemy scanners in close proximity. Draw a medium range draw a medium ranged weapon that builds no heat during the active time of its ability. When you perform a kill, the active time of the ability is replenished. So their specialty is distant attack slash stealth. Uh, their mobility is moderate, team roll, sniping, and traps, durability, durability, aka health, low. Weapon on the lighter side is the Valken 38X. Uh, the weapon on the darker side, okay. The weapon on the light side, the Rebels or uh, the Clones or the Resistance, is the Valken 38X. On the dark side, is the E5, E-5S, and then both is the A280-CFE. Very, very cool. And also some, uh, just a little overview of star cards. Star cards are powerful collectibles, allowing you to boost, modify, and assign new abilities across classes and heroes. Each class has multiple star card slots. Select from a huge variety of star cards to equip your class with unique abilities and boosts. Okay, now the heavy. In the center of battle, the heavy isn't quite as nimble as other classes, but he makes up for the lack of agility with toughness and raw power. Each class can equip star cards to modify and enhance their combat abilities. A few examples of the ability star cards for the heavy classes are Combat Shield, a small forward-facing shield that allows the user to fire the primary weapon while slowly advancing. Sentry, entry, enter a powerful medium-range combat mode where you deploy a heavy repeating blaster with massive damage output at the cost of severely limited movement. Uh, their specialty is uh, area control slash defense. Their mobility is low. Their team roles is uh, cover fire, heavy weapons. Their durability is high. Um, their weapons are the DC-15, the E-5C, and the FWMB-10K. Assault. Leading the charge. Assault moves quickly and excels at overcoming defenders and taking positions. Each class can equip star cards to modify and enhance their combat abilities. A few examples of the mobility star cards for the assault class are Thermal Detonator, a basic grenade with a large blast radius and high damage operating on a timed fuse. A Vanguard repl Replenish. Mark enemies to make them easier to hunt down. Sprint faster. Draw a close range weapon that builds no heat during the active time of its ability. Uh, when you perform a kill, the active time of this ability is replenished. Their specialty is attack. Their mobility is high. Uh, team rolls direct attack slash flanking. Uh, their durability is moderate. The weapons are DC-15A, the E5, and the CR-2. Okay, and finally, the officer. Heart of the team. Officers use their abilities to help everyone around them fight more effectively and directly after the tactical situation by employing powerful automating, automated weapons. Each class can equip 
can equip star cards to modify and enhance their combat abilities. A few examples of the ability star cards for the officer class are Blaster Turret, a deployable turret that fires at enemy soldiers and vehicles, can be picked up and replaced by owner, can be repaired by officers by staying close to it, can be detonated by owner. A Battle Command Fortitude, and issue a battle command that inspires friendly soldiers in your vicinity to push themselves harder, effectively making them able to withstand more damage. You get the same effect if you command at least one friendly player with your battle command. Their specialty is support, their mobility is moderate, the team roles are strengthening teammates, battlefield control. Durability is moderate. Uh, the weapons that they use is the D. Um, some of the weapons that they use is the DC-17, the GR-4D, and the Blurg-1120. What do you think of that, Sam? A lot of numbers. Yes, but a lot more details. Uh, we get like a, a, actual names of the weapons now, and some of the ways that you can play uh, the different heroes. Uh, now let's get on some uh, Twitter topics. Nikki G U R L uh, at Nikki G U R L seven asks possible uh, wants us to talk about possible locations for launch slash post post launch not yet confirmed. So what some what are some of the locations that you like to see in Battlefront two? Utapal, Utapal, Utapal. That would be cool. Definitely would like to see Kashik. Kashyyyk. I think where we will get that. Yeah. A Coruscant is already in the game, but I'd like to see that on multiplayer. Yeah. I would like to see Ryloth, which is the planet of the uh, Night Sisters, and no, wait, no, I'm thinking of something else. It's the planet of the Twi'leks. Ryloth is Mandalore. Like this is just hoping. That's what I. Yeah. Meant. That's what I meant to say instead of Ryloth, but it's home of the Mandalorians, obviously, and the Night Sisters. Yeah. Which is which would be awesome. Would and it's a it's a pretty well described planet throughout the Clone Wars, various books. So. Yeah. I doubt it will be added, but it would be nice to see. Yeah. Okay. I I agree with all of those. Coruscant is the one thing, and I, I'm pretty sure that it's confirmed for the game since they were talking about it, and they showed. I don't think that was movie footage, but actual like gameplay yeah, that footage. Was gameplay footage. Um, cause it looked. It didn't look as shiny or like. It didn't look as prequely, I guess, as uh, movies as the movies did. Okay, Joe Aliano at Joe Aliano on Twitter. I haven't read it yet, but maybe you guys could go over your thoughts on the Inferno Squad book. Uh, we covered that. I really like it. I would definitely recommend reading it, especially if you're going to play the campaign. It starts out slow, but once you get over like the 50-page bump, it's definitely a good good read. So uh, Gregory at 1010 underscore 57. Uh, to G.J. Royski's uh, point the other day, we should really, uh, that we really should have some community games on Battlefront 2015 before we move to Battlefront 2. Uh, What do you think about that, Sam? The possibility of like community events or something? I think it's very low. I think it has a 0.0000000001% chance of happening. Yeah. It would be cool for the people that have been loyal to the game or still playing Battlefront 2015 or newer players that just... (laughs) The newer players that just when uh, just got the game because it's on sale, um, messing around with that. 
I think that would be awesome, but I do not see it happening in it ever. Yep. He's definitely a rebel since he has hope. We have Inferno Squad Sage. Uh, but that's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it is at SWB Podcast. Uh, Twitter.com slash at um, Twitter.com slash SWB Podcast. Do you have a Twitter? Sam does have a Twitter account. So if you like me, bro. <laughs> so if you'd like to uh, uh, talk smack to Sam, I guess. Follow me. Or if you want to hear negative tweets or polls or s- stuff like that. Or not any tweets at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, fo- just go follow him because he's not been active recently. Um, because how many followers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's only going to tweet if he has followers. So make sure that you go follow him so he actually tweets. Guys, thank you so much for seven followers. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank my mom, my seven followers. Five of them are myself, but let's not talk about that. (laughs) Okay. If you'd like to support us on the podcast, which is very, very helpful, you can uh, leave us a review and also enter our Battlefront 2 giveaway. Our Battlefront 2 poster giveaway is about to be over very soon. Um, You can also uh, support us on a Patreon, patreon.com slash battlefrontpodcast. Uh, we will soon be doing exclusive content over there. So uh, bonus shows, that kind of stuff. We may even do live podcasts eventually on there. Uh, but we want to make it worthwhile. So if you are helping us and supporting us, and also if you want to be on the podcast, you head over there and you can um, uh, support us by $1 a month and you can have a chance, you, you can be on the podcast as well. Um, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Just search for Star Wars Battlefront, the Star Wars Battlefront podcast. Leaving a review is extremely helpful, like I said earlier, and also you can enter for a chance to win a copy of Star Wars Battlefront 2 when it releases. As always, thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. What? You like to put a little F word every once in a while just to keep it in the R rating. And make Open. sure make sure they stay in the R rating, just not because of the blood and gore, but because of the language as well. Huh? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? He's really old, and he has to get a lot of drugs to keep his mind really um, controlled. Is that yes. why he uh, uses all this language in the movies? Yes, he is drugged up and he's dying. Is that why he's crazy? Yes, he is a man in a wheelchair that has special powers. Were they very special powers? Yes, Logan says so. And I kind of forget his name in the movie at the first. Who? He is Logan, and I play with plants. You jack me? You jerk me? No, I play with plants. Plants? Who are you talking yeah, about? I snip them and then that little pedal man comes and gives me food. It gives me spotted dick. 
<laughs> That's what he does. <laughs> it's an English delicacy. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's just very tasty. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is it a delicacy? Yes. Why are you asking me these questions? I am an old man. I can barely speak Spanish. Why? Why, Logan, are you asking me these questions? Because I need to. I'm not Logan anymore. I'm a I'm a different version of you. I'm from oh, years are years you a ago. Younger version of me. I am a younger version of you, or I'm a but really old version. Same. I'm really old. We look the same. I may be the same age as you in an alternate universe. Oh, are you dying in that universe? No, I I lived till age one thousand like Yoda. Oh, I wish I could do that, but Logan keeps. Pumping me with these drugs, and I don't know how long I will survive. Well, you won't survive if uh, some person clones Logan and he comes in and kills you. Spoilers, man. I wanted my death to be a surprise. <laughs> Captain Sam. Captain Sam sells a seven sheesh. Hi, Sheesh. Hi. Hi. You want a fried egg sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> go down to the local cafe and get a fried egg sandwich. Sexy. <laughs> that was a sexy sandwich. I am back in the Captain Sam. He's very uplifting. 